He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. She's starting to recognize if you've got problems. If you ask about the hot tub, she tells you about the hot tub. If you say the hot tub is broken, um, our lodging providers already are able to provide a couple of tips before they contact maintenance. So if it's that, you know, 90% of the time it's that the breaker is flipped, then, you know, she'll say, before I contact maintenance, would you mind going out into the garage and, you know, and flipping and checking to make sure the breaker hasn't been flipped. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now, these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked. And not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct? You can stop stressing, at least a little bit, and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. everybody welcome back to another episode of slick talk the hospitality podcast again i'm your host will slickers and i have a legend on the show today and i know you know we kind of say the word legend every now and then um but matthew loney who is the founder of explore i'm super excited to jump in because uh as all the listeners know i love to geek out on guest experience uh but i also love to geek out on entrepreneurs and the whole like founder's journey so having uh, you on the show, Matthew, is pretty awesome because we get to do a little bit of both. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on and welcome to the show. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. Well, and thank you very much. Very kind words. I'm not sure that they are uh, deserving, but I will I will take them um, uh, with a little bit of humility. But uh, but thank you. No, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and uh, entrepreneurship. What a fun topic. Excited to, to cover uh, some of that today. So thanks for having me. Of course. Well, it's uh, only the right thing to do. You know, you uh, reached out on LinkedIn uh, to have me on your guys' new show, The Guest X Podcast. And so uh, I'm, I was completely honored to be on and talk with you and Brian. And then we recently had Brian on the show. Uh, now we have you. And so I'm really pumped to jump into your story individually. So uh, I kind of want to just jump right in. And uh, kind of ask you, where did it all begin? Like, where is the uh, the start, the aha moments, the you know, the 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 part where you're like, you know what? I think I'm onto something. Uh, you know, all that good stuff. I want to know all the details. So, where does it all begin for you, Matthew? Yeah, you know, I think there's probably a couple of points. I mean, you know, for I, I you know, my entrepreneurship. You know, you know where my you know love for being an entrepreneur, I think really started like that is even prior to explore, you know, I was, uh, I like to tell people I'm a recovering attorney. Um, 
I practiced only practiced for probably seven years at some big firms, um, which was probably um, six years, 11 months too long. (laughs) I absolutely despise the practice of law, uh, but it took me a while to figure out. But there was a moment my wife and I had actually gone on vacation. We might have been like at St. Thomas. You know, we were down the Caribbean and I met a guy on a beach and he owned a factory. You know, they made, you know, some like widgets. I mean, it wasn't anything, but he owned a factory in Ohio. We had a great conversation. And I remember I was in the shower, uh, keep this PG right now, I was in the shower <laughs> that, that, uh, that night. But I was, I was thinking, I was getting ready for dinner and I, and I got out and I told my wife, I said, you know, it just occurred to me. I said, this is all time. Like I've got to figure out how to make up later. Like I've got to bill these hours later. Right. It's just, I'm just delaying. But you know, the guy I met, like he was making money while he sat there on the beach with me. And I'm like, I, I got to get out of this, right? You know, selling my time and, and, uh, you know, I want to build something. And, um, so at that point I started, you know, kind of looking for opportunities and, um, I, I had a couple opportunities. I left the practice. Um, I was, uh, on the restaurant side for a while, which was really interesting, you know, like a really heavy operation or operationally heavy businesses, um, and and got to learn under some some really um some great you know i would say mentors both in like private equity and on some of the finance side and then um about six years ago you know explory actually we have a uh there was a company called asi and a founder there who had come up with a lot of the um the kind of base of what Explory does, our base product of kind of these complementary activities, right? But he'd really kind of hit a wall, I would say, growth-wise. You know, it's still a really small company kind of in the Southeast. And I was looking to get out of restaurants and um, mutual acquaintance had put us together. And, and, and this was kind of the second aha moment. And I looked at what he was doing. I said, like, if you could build tech around this, Right. The concept is incredible. I mean, it really is it's this unique business model of helping drive occupancy and rate through local tours and attractions, through guest experience. But I'm like, if you could do this with technology, you could really scale this. And um, so we put together some money with some some angel investors um, and our founder, the founder of ASI is still sits on our board. Um, and is uh, uh, one of the shareholders, a uh, minority shareholder of the company. But um, you know, we kind of took the company then and just realized what we could what we could do with it, and started building the tech. That a lot of which runs uh, Explory today. So that was kind of the other the other aha moment. Were was uh, ASI doing this for mostly hotels or were? Where did the vacation rental side come in? Because I'm kind of curious, did you experience vacation rentals prior to uh, getting into this side? And then, um, you know, just having that love of the experience, did you did want to bring that into the Explory world? Or uh, was it mostly just starting with the, uh, what ASI was and then growing from different sectors of hospitality in there? Yeah, so so it was it was it was actually exclusively vacation rentals. You know, it was based in Destin, which is you know almost predominantly all vacation rentals yeah. along the Emerald Coast. And you know, we were only in 
uh, I don't know, three, maybe three or four markets at the time. Um, you know, we're in 50 today. So, it's, you know, it was, it was, it was a small, you know, family owned lifestyle company. Um, and, but, you know, I, I had a real passion for, and that's really what I discovered, I think, in restaurants was, you know, I love the guest experience, even in restaurants, you know, for our customers coming in. And what are they, you know, what are the smells when they walk in a restaurant? You know, people think usually Subway, right? But I mean, like Subway built a a brand around that smell of when you walk in that fresh bread and, you know, so what do they see? What's the first thing? How do you greet them? And, you know, what, what do the menus look like? And how's the dining room set up? And so I found this passion and I thought, wow, you know, in the restaurant world, you're kind of somewhat limited to these four walls, but in leisure, especially leisure travel, you have an entire market that is the guest experience. Right. And, um, so that's what I really loved about it. And um, and so we, we've taken it to, you know, kind of along those same lines. You know, we, we don't feel we feel like I think vacation rental is is how Explory right now predominantly goes to market. But we, we've now got a couple thousand hotel rooms. Um, we're about to launch with one of our first partners in the glamping kind of RV resort luxury space. Um, you know, we're just, I think we're only limiting ourselves by guest experience around, um, experiencing markets and around leisure, you know, other than that, we don't, I I don't think we really care what that lodging is, you know, and, and how the guest wants to, uh, is staying in a market, but once they get to a market, Explory wants to be the best way to really experience that market ultimately. No, I love that. And I love that you brought up the restaurant thing um, with the experiences, because a lot of the times, like even on the show, we've mentioned, you know, like uh, the concept of the destination era, right? People that are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. And for the longest time, I was like, you know, that's only applied to like hotels and vacation rentals. Uh, but then really like looking into the deeper overall hospitality experience, I was like, you know, restaurants can be a destination. They can be a place where mm-hmm. guests just completely get sucked into the the world that you create within those four walls without making it feel like four walls, if that makes sense. Um, and so like the fact that you mentioned that is super key because I think, you know, like you said, why limit what you uh, can, can do with this? And that's super cool and fascinating. And I love the glamping idea. And I, uh, I think, you know, overall experiences don't have to be a building. They don't have to be a, a yurt or a tent. They could be anything. And uh, the fact that you guys are tackling that within, you know, overall uh, not limiting yourself and in, in where you're going to be offering that. I think that's really important. Yeah. And your point about restaurants as well. I mean, you know, just off the top of our head, we could probably name, I mean, there's been some great restaurant concepts where I would say, their greatness revolved around the fact that they created an experience and not really around their food, you know, yeah. like rainforest cafe. For sure. Right. Like, I mean, I, probably most people couldn't name what's on the, their menu or <laughs> yeah. I'm sure burgers are on there. Like, but you know, I can picture it when I walk in, yeah. you know, think about the Applebee's of the nineties, right. With all the stuff on the local stuff on the walls and the, um, so I think there's a lot of industries which have done a great job of fighting uh, commoditization yeah. 
by the experience. Right. And I think restaurants is just, is to your point, is just one of them. Um, and I think our industry is going through a little bit of that. It's, I don't think it's, um, it's not a coincidence that with the rise of OTAs, which to me is the rise of commoditization of a product, our, yeah. our product, right? Also came the rise of the importance of guest experience because people, the guest experience is what fights. Like, I'm not going to go slowly into that you know, great night. Like, no, I'm not going to be commoditized and here's how I'm going to fight it. Um, and those two things, I think that's, part of what's driven the importance of guest experience in our industry. For sure. And I'm pretty sure you guys can see this too. I'm curious to know maybe if you have any insider data on it, but you know, with the last year and a half, almost two years of being in lockdowns and open and lockdowns and opens and lockdowns and travel restrictions and all this other stuff going on in the world. (laughs) Like I bet the experience part is now like, I know they, the, the statistic is that millennials are no longer caring about, um, uh, uh, purchasing items or products as in, you know, having this to show off or flex that they're really just wanting to go live and experience and create moments in different ways that they had never have before. Uh, so they're no longer about material possession. They're all about the experience, how they make, how they feel in the moment. Um, and so I can only imagine what that maybe that drive or push has done for you guys as well. Cause you know, we've all experienced it. We, you know, had that, that time in the beginning where no one knew what the heck was going on and, no one wanted to leave their house and we had toilet paper shortages and all this weird stuff happening in the world. Um, so yeah, I can only imagine how much that has boosted. Um, not only the OTAs as we've seen with, you know, Airbnb going public and all that other stuff, but the overall just drive for, for feeling something different and new. Yeah. You know, the in markets, you know, so when you look at the tours and, and, and activities, industry, right? Or the in-market experience mm-hmm. um, as uh, a rival, um, one of their big associations kind of coined it. But when you look at the in-market experiences, there has certainly been a couple of things have happened. One is the types of experiences, you know, since the pandemic hit, that people are looking to experience, you know, we've really had to look at our product mix. Um, you know, you are seeing, um, you know, I want more small group, right? Uh, more out in nature. You know, I don't want to be inside as much. I, you know, there's certainly, you know, depending upon the market, but a lot of it. And I, I mean, you know, this given you know the the area where you operate some vacation rentals. I mean, the the uh, the attraction of being out away from it all, right? And and sometimes unplugged, but sometimes not. But just you know, in nature. Right. Yeah, um, there's a great, by the way, there's a great OTA. Um, got a chance to meet with their COO at the Streamline Conference um, uh, yonder. Oh, you know, yeah. They're building yeah. an entire OTA. Yeah. Really cool. Right. Uh, really very cool. niche. But yeah, really cool. So I think that's so there's been a shift. Right. You need to have those type of products. And I think as lodging providers, um, it's important that we understand that shift of the consumer, because if not, we're kind of talking to them sometimes about something they're not interested in. Um, but then also for explore, you know, the, um, you know, like vacation rentals, some of them, it has been, uh, it's tough to get their attention because in the same markets where vacation rentals have just boomed, right. These drive markets, Tours and attractions, you know, are sold out 
I mean, you know, they it used to be, I think 80% of our activities were booked once the guests were getting in market. You're now seeing guests plan out well in advance because, you know, there's just a limited capacity in a lot of these uh, activities they want to go do. And, um, but I, I do think too, you, you're right. People's focus, I think, to some extent, this pandemic has made us all realize our own mortality. I mean, I don't mean to be grim, but, and, and people are like, you know what, I'm going to go do things with my kids. Yeah. Like, it's not just enough that we're going to go on, but right. Like, you know, my wife and I even like, we've taken our kids once or twice to Hawaii since the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. you know, and we're documenting and, you know, we're also, you know, we're walking around with, we can do video and photos right on our phones and like, I want my kids to like see that we did all these things together and we, you know, and um, I think that's a good thing, by the way, too, that like we, we step away from maybe some of these material possessions and we go like, how am I going to enrich the lives of me and myself? And then those I love and care about and spend time together and, and, um, and laugh and play and do those things that are, they're just fun and they really the things that create the memories. Yeah, for sure. So I bet you guys can look back on and reflect, especially when, you know, we all know that life uh, has a lot of ups, but also has a lot of downs. So when, when we're in those down moments, uh, those, those peaks definitely help, um, the, you know, to look yep. back and reflect on and, and to really relive in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it's, it's part of a, I think as humans, we don't, you know, we don't think about it as much, until it happens. But when it does happen, it's like those, those moments of peace kind of bring you back and help you ground a little bit. in in a lot of ways, especially like, you know, you know, COVID with the whole pandemic and and different, you know, variants and other things happening and, and different uh, political, you know, things happening in the world is just making it so uncertain of where, what direction the world in general is going that, you know, makes a lot of people in their, in their daily lives, you know, you know, question the same thing. So having those moments and experiences that they can really just, you know, use as a grounder to, to get them through and, and help them understand, you know, what direction to take or what moments or decisions to make. And yeah, it's really key. I think we don't think about it as, as much, but it's a, it's a real thing that goes on daily with humans, at least in my, in my opinion, but. Uh, I, I agree. And, and, you know, and I do think, yeah, I think what the pandemic, you know, we move so fast. Yeah. Right. Especially as entrepreneurs, um, you know, one of the things I've experienced is you talk about that reflection, right? It's so important to look back because when you are in that day to day and you're moving so fast, it is very easy to start to feel like you're just pushing a rope uphill Mm -hmm. or you know, that like, you're just not making progress. And I tell you what, there's never a time when I, you know, there's got to be some, some space, but like any, any period a year or more, if you look back, generally I've been surprised almost at the progress we've made. We haven't always reached our goal, but, but it's only with that perspective of that time frame that you realize it, because I can tell you, like in the middle of it, sometimes like you just don't like you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, we're not making ground and we're not. And, um, and, and so to your point, I think same thing with, you know, with our families and loved ones, I think that 
especially those first two months where every market, whether it was drive to what it was shut down, you know, that kind of sure. mid March to mid May. Um, and for some a lot longer, but I think it gave us a chance to like reflect and go, you know, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, what, and look back and, and start to take some um, inventory of, how I want to, you know, how we wanted to do things going forward. And I think it's important for as entrepreneurs that we take that time to really stop and look back. Um, 100%. And it'll make you, I think, appreciate that hard work you put in. Yeah. Especially when, you know, a lot of us live by the, the motto of 1%. That's all I need. I just need to improve a little bit each time, each day. I just need to be 1% better, 1% better. And that 1% sounds so small in that moment. But when you take that time to reflect and, you know, after, you know, let's say three months of 1% better, 1% better, you know, you're a 30% better person or entrepreneur or business owner or operator than you were, you know, three months ago. So 30% is pretty, pretty great if, uh, if you ask me, but, um, you know, I no, want to, uh, have you ever, uh, atomic habits, by the way, well, I'm sure you've read it, right. But he talks about, a plane leaving, I don't know, LA headed to New York. I'm probably just totally messing this up, but like yeah. one degree off course, you know, finishes, I think somewhere like South of DC or somewhere like, you know, I mean, it's not even close to its destination, but the same thing can be a positive to your point, which is it just takes one degree each day, you know, and that, that ship turns pretty quick. You just don't see it in that 1% each day. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, and that kind of leads yeah. to what I wanted to ask you because, you know, looking at what ASI was and has become with Explory now, um, you know, you guys probably had a lot of moments, especially when it comes to implementation of technology. You know, you talked about how if we can bring tech into this, um, you know, this is something that could be really big in, in our industry. And it has become from what you guys have created. So I'm kind of curious for you now that I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of reflect on your 1% every day. Um, what was the challenges that came with that? But now that you look back at, it, you're like, man, that was so like, that was so like granular to what we're actually doing now. Um, I'm just kind of curious what on your reflection of, you know, from start to, to where we are today. Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. Well, um, you know, one of the most frustrating things I've experienced, well, not one of the most, but it definitely a frustrating is, you know, building what I'll call operational tech, right? Because, you know, knowing that nobody's ever really going to see this. Um, yeah. And, but, the, you know, understand that, like, if you don't have it, though, it's, you know, it's the framework upon which, you're trying to build so much of a company. You know, we spent, we have spent a great deal of time at Explory. I mean, this was a company that five years ago, six years ago, like we wrote down guests, you know, uh, activity reservations and orders, you know, we call them, you know, on like pad and paper. And then we'd <laughs> call the activities and we'd book them, right? And we'd write down that. Then you'd file the paper with the property manager so that, we could report back what their guests were doing. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time and now looking back, you know, we spent so much time building that management system, which manages all the intricacies of both the guest stays, you know, coming through the property. You know, so we've got 14 
I think it is now integrations, 14 property management software systems that we're integrated with. And then you've got the reservation management systems on the, on the activity side. So you're bringing in all this guest data, all this activity information, all this content, you're organizing it and setting parameters around it about, you know, when, when do the dolphin cruises go out, you know, and different times of years and schedules and, you know, rate calendars for activity, like you're building all this and it's no one cares. Right. But now you look back, you know, we launched last year, this, this, concierge platform with uh, with Amazon and their their echo and none of that would be possible if that foundation wasn't built yeah for sure right but I, but in the middle of it like we just had no it just felt like like the most tedious thing you know you were like building something that you knew was great but that no one was ever going to really appreciate unless you like brought investors in maybe you could like look under the hood um, I don't know. And so I look back now and I go, God, what a great, like, th- it was such a great thing to focus on. But I remember in the middle of it, it just, it just, it, it just, it was no fun. Right. Cause as, in, as entrepreneurs, we want to build stuff that people look at and they go, Holy cow. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and, uh, you know, and so that, that tedious work, I think sometimes is, is pretty hard for, for entrepreneurs who want to really be a bit about that big picture. Hundred percent. And there's a lot of times, like, you know, as humans, we have tasks in our daily life that we don't like to do. It doesn't give us energy. And there's tasks that gives us energy. And the same thing as entrepreneurs, you know, building the ground or the foundation. um, A lot of it can be really exciting. I know for me, like, I just loved, you know, building a brand. You know, creating the graphics and doing the design. Like, not that I did it, but like getting the thoughts out of my brain and onto a computer screen or onto a pen and paper. Um, to then convert to the computer or wherever, like that was so much fun. But then there was like all these like little tasks in between, like figuring out how to start a website. It's like, I have no idea. Don't care about that. Like I, I care about it, but I don't know how to do it. It didn't give me energy. Uh, didn't make me excited to wake up in the morning, but you know, like you probably were going through the same thing with, you know, building this technology that nobody's looking at other than the operators or maybe even just a small team inside, uh, inside the company or just yourself, whatever that start was. Um, you know, it's, it's rough cause there's a lot of tasks that don't give energy. So like pushing through that, um, is always, I think the hardest part as an entrepreneur where we just have to do those tasks, um, no matter what, because at the end of the day, you know, in order to get your end goal, that's what needs to be done. And, uh, you gotta, gotta bite the bullet a little bit and it sucks, but, um, I'm just kind of yeah. curious for, for you, what, no. what was that like? Yeah, you know, for me, especially, you know, um, I'm such a people person. You know, I want to be out talking to people, selling the dream, like, you know, and and um, and and how you how these things are actually going to happen. To your point, like it does, it sucks my energy, right? Because I, you know, it, it, and I think there are, I think valuing that finding people to or to put around you as an entrepreneur right who that is their strength right that's what gives them energy is figuring out all the all the hurdles to getting that built on the back end is really important because 
as an entrepreneur, most entrepreneurs I know, that is not what gives them energy, right? But without them, um, it, it, without those people, it, it is it is very difficult. So, you know, I've been lucky enough, mm-hmm. you know, to have a really good core group um, around us at Explory, who many of which were with ASI. You know, um, my chief staff, I think, has been with us 12, 13 years. Our CTO has been with us 12 years, mm-hmm. you know, knows the, the core business model inside and out. And um, and that's what they really enjoy was kind of the the puzzle of of solving it all, um, and so I, I think it is. It's really it's just really important to understand that, you know, the vision without the execution is nothing. It's a great idea, yeah, yeah. you know. And I've met a lot of people who've had great ideas, but and so you know, understanding if you're not that person who's going to be tackling that, not underestimating the value of those who are going to be the ones tackling it because yeah, it's your idea, but you're probably not going to be able to get it done by yourself. Um, or if you do, it's going to take a lot longer. And, um, so that was really the tough part for me was just, that's not a people part of the business of solving that back end tech piece. Um, but I tell you what, I'm getting ready to go into a meeting today where, you know, they want to adjust um, the the guest experience based on, you know, the loyalty parameters and the history of what we know about the guest. And I'm thrilled to tell them, yeah, we can do that. But it's only we can do that because, you know, my team had the foresight, you know, mm-hmm. four years ago when they're building that underlying test to see that. That was eventually where we were headed. Yeah. Um, so pretty cool. That was crazy. And just to think like, you know, you can build a roadmap that looks that far ahead, knowing it's going to be something like, but I know it's just like, you know, how the iPhone comes out with a new version every, every, you know, six to eight months yeah. or every year. It's like, they're already working on iPhone 15 or 20. Um, but we're only at 12 or 13 at this point. And so like entrepreneurship, just seeing like where the business, like, you know, you're, you knew you're at the iPhone one you know, five or six years ago. Um, but you yeah. had to get to the 13 within, you know, you, you knew that, that progression. So it's kind of crazy to think of, you know, that the execution and vision combination. It's just, I don't know. It's something that I feel like I geek out on for, for hours and, and still not fully understand the whole thing and how it works on the human brain and, you know, thoughts and the drive behind it. And it's, it's just super fun and cool. Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode, and I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best-in-class technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for your property assets. With their platform, your property gets the best-in-class tech and integrations to remote access, guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. Better yet, their team does all of the hard work of 24-7 guest communication and content creation. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, we're back to the episode. I want to know for you, Matthew, because like there's been, I would say, a lot of different, there's a lot of different experiences that you guys can focus on. Um, you know, same thing for us, we can focus on whether it's a good welcome experience, whether it's a good 
um, in destination experience with great partners. Um, if it's a great, you know, I just online presence experience where they just feel really comfortable and safe to book and, and not have to worry or stress about anything. But for you guys, I guess what's been maybe the biggest, um, hurdle that turned into a success? Was it the concierge program that you guys created with Amazon? What's the, what's the one thing that you guys were just having to really tackle and then just come out on the other side, just better than you ever expected? Yeah. You know, I think, um, and, and I don't think we're there yet, but I will tell you, we are light years further than really than I thought we would be. But, you know, ultimately guest engagement, guest apathy, I think is one of the biggest hurdles to creating a guest experience. And the guests don't realize it, but they almost get in their own way of having a great guest experience. And, and it's not their fault. I think they're so bombarded with, you know, just advertisements. And then like you and I were saying, the, the, the day-to-day of their lives, right? That it's just, even for a vacation that they're excited about, getting them to really engage and slow down enough to start to plan that and their activities and what they want to do. And, you know, when, when um, you know, ASI and even the early days of exploring, you know, we relied entirely upon our lodging partners to, I mean, it was a true kind of white label experience. Like, you know, you told your guests about the local activities. We kind of pulled them all together. Um, you told them how to contact, how to book um, through emails going out through your your property management software system. And so, you know, a few years ago, we finally, you know, we kind of just came to the conclusion, look, we're only going to be as good as as we're able, as our success in driving engagement, because if the guests aren't engaged with this content, then we truly can't make their experience better. And so, you know, we, we pulled back and we started looking at um, what our partners were doing. A lot of them, you know, they were putting these emails into their property management software system. And some of our clients have been with us, you know, for 15, we, some of our clients have been with us 22 years. When If it goes back through ASI even. And, um, but, you know, you'd run into clients who five years, they haven't changed that email. Like nobody's A-B testing it. Nobody's, so we, we pulled that, we built, you know, we took a, a very robust ESP and email um, system and we built APIs to it so that it's dynamic for your stay. So it knows the time of year you're staying. It knows the activities. Like if you, if you, it's, you know, it's following, if you're clicking on uh, horseback riding, then the next couple of emails, the imagery is very outdoors focused, right? Versus if you click on dinner shows, it's showing you more of that. And, uh, and so we, we really took responsibility understanding that our clients have way too much on their plate of that kind of guest experience in the market in which they're staying. And then, you know, of course, Ziva, our, our, our voice assistant was another part of that. It was like, okay, here's how we're going to get to them text and email between when they book and when they arrive. And then once they arrive, we're going to have these devices in the unit and, you know, what we've been able to do, I think, and part of the reason we've gotten that engagement now is it's starting to feel um, less disjointed. 
right? The guest now, it kind of feels like the same, at least when you're talking about the experiences in the market, the emails kind of fit, they talk the same way as then Alexa does on the devices. Um, and it feels very seamless, I think, for the guest. And, you know, that that's something I think I'm most proud of because it is just really hard to get these guests' attention. And you know that. I mean, you know, I talked to our partners who are like, look, I can't get guests to like open the email that's got their lock code. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> you're, you're not yeah. wrong. I literally, before our podcast was just like, why is this guest not, why are they not answering any of our, our stuff? Like they need to do this stuff right. before they can get into the property today. And uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's, and again, I don't think it's something, I don't know that, and I don't know that guest communication engagement is anything you'll ever master. I think we finally at least have the tools now where we can bring in really smart people who can figure out how to, now it's small adjustments, Yeah. right? It's, you know, um, tweak, continuing to tweak it and look at different platforms and, you know, chat by like, there's all these different ways, but I don't feel like now it's, huge swings where before it was like, God, how do you eat the elephant? For sure. Well, did you guys ever, I am kind of curious on this because I know there was a lot of excitement internally in the industry when, you know, companies like Marriott kind of announced their, um, Amazon Alexa type partnership. Um, but did you guys ever get any pushback with this type of technology being in property, whether it's a vacation rental or, um, hotel room, et cetera. Did you guys ever have that pushback from the guest side uh, that you needed to continue to build that trust or that, um, that I guess that learning curve that kind of comes with, uh, you know, voice operated technology? Yeah. So I think um, surprisingly, no, the adoption around voice for us was much higher than, than we kind of anticipated. So we, we initially rolled it out. In a mar- so we picked a couple markets, um, and it was a beta test. Uh, we did it in Pigeon Forge, which was a market that we thought would see the low, maybe the lowest adoption, right? I mean, um, and then we picked um, a couple other markets that we thought maybe would have a little higher adoption. Um, and, and, and here, a couple things, though, just a couple things I think we did different, um, and some of it was just like, like all entrepreneurship. Some of it was just good luck and good timing. Yeah. So one is, I think, you know, when you look at Marriott, um, you know, they were, you know, pre pandemic, um, they, they were, you know, voice came, you know, even over the last 18, 24 months, I mean, voice has come a long way. Um, I think there was a, something out by Google, I think the other day that like 35% uh, last year, uh, in 2020, of all internet searches were done via voice. So that's, I think our phones have trained us, right? The, yeah. the, the voice technology on the back end's gotten a lot better. So that was one. Another was, and it was a key piece of the development, was we one of our kind of non-starters was guests have to be able to interact with this device without having to invoke a skill. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, so you don't, it's not... Hey Alexa, ask Marriott. Blah, blah blah. You just say, "Hey Alexa," and just like you talk to your device or your phone at home, except that the device provides only, you know, provides curated local content. And so, I think because of that, 
guests are quick to adopt, right? Because it is, again, eliminating that friction. You're not going to train me for a four-day stay to talk to this device and say, you know, ask and then give my property manager's name. I'm just not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, the proof's kind of been in the pudding, I think, in – uh, I think it was July is the last stats I had, but in, you know, we're, I think we're up to like 5,000 devices now live. Wow. And I think in July, the average, uh, reservators, the average stay day, excuse me, of a reservation had 12, over 12 questions answered per day wow. of a reservation on average. Yeah. Do you think a lot of them's just like playing with it? They're just like, Hey, what's the, uh, you know, they ask like oh, think, questions yeah. just to play and then, yep. And it, yeah, and about half the questions are normal Alexa questions. Uh, uh, play music is one of the biggest ones, right? You get a lot of questions about the weather, the you know the time, setting alarms, mm, right? Yeah. You know, like and timers in the kitchen, you know. Which at first, I kind of we were internally we were it was a little bit of a downer, right? We're <laughs> like, well, you can do that with any Alexa. Like we just spent all this time and all this money, but. I was like, you know what? But that's still, that's guest engaged and clearly we're solving for something, right? Yeah. And so that's okay. We don't want it to be all that. But um, so you see a lot of that in the homes. The homes make up, um, let's see, of the remaining six, about two questions a day are around the home. Um, Wi-Fi is 33% of all home questions. Yeah. <laughs> what is the Wi-Fi? The average reservation asks her three times over the course of the stay. Um, so, but trash is a big one. You know, what, what do we do with the trash? What day is trash? Um, parking, uh, pool questions, you know, so there's, you see a lot of good questions there. And then about four questions a day are about the market. Okay. Uh, restaurants and activities are the most popular there. Yep. Wow. Interesting. That's super crazy. I never thought, you know, that would be something that, people are implementing and like really using uh, just because I like, I use Siri every now and then, but you know, like it can be so inaccurate sometimes where you're like, all right, it's not even worth it. I'm just going to go to Google and type in, type in my question because um, it keeps asking, I keep asking, you know, where's the best restaurant, but it keeps taking me to, you know, a bowling alley or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yep. that's, that's pretty interesting and, and cool. I'm, I'm kind of you know curious because now you guys so you and Brian Hamawi have a podcast called the guest X podcast. And I'm curious to know, cause you know, with the Alexa product being a voice activated and then with the podcast being very content focused um, and audio related in the sense of voice uh, for you guys, when it comes to content, actually, sorry, I'm going to split my question into two, uh, two questions here. So for the, the Alexa side, when it comes to uploading content, simple stuff, like I didn't even think about, you know, guests asking about, you know, uh, trash or, you know, overall pool and other products or services or um, just overall amenities on the, in the property or destination. Um, so what's that content management like with you guys on that back end? Is it very, it sounds like, cause you know, vacation rentals are very unique to that property. Each property is usually pretty different in some way or form. Um, how do you guys manage all that content inside like the Explorey site? Yeah. Yeah, so there's a portal. So we 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 set up all the properties. We've got a what we call a Ziva content team um, that maintains all of the external, meaning outside the property or 
the condo tower, right, or the gated community, which um, outside of that, we maintain all of that. So re- restaurants, transportation, and they maintain it. What's really cool is, you know, kind of understanding the industry, they maintain it on, they've got a six-month calendar at any given time. So even as festivals, you know, seasonal type events, you know, within the devices, those pop up and they'll start, she'll start talking about the local farmer's market. If it's, you know, if it's during that period, whatever they've got on that, that, that uh, market's kind of, we build up marketing calendars for every single one of our markets and they, they've got the next six months kind of laid out. And then we, we do the initial setup. Um, one of the things our tech team is building this year is more what we call operational APIs to our property management software partners, because some of this information is stored in there, right? Wi-Fi passwords, checkout procedures, things like that. And also building back um, so that when, you know, um, through the Alexa devices, guests can check out. Well, right now that's done through an email or text to a department that you set up and that, you know, that may be your people at your, at your office or whoever, and they go in and they check out the gas. But, um, you know, by next summer, before next summer, you know, she'll actually, if you want her to, she'll check the guest out. Um, cool. you know, looking, uh, the housekeeping application. So if you want to, if the guest requests midstay cleans or they, they need something and it's housekeeping or maintenance related, um, they'll actually notify, she'll notify maintenance or housekeeping done through text or email. Now we've got to build the, you know, the APIs into these applications that are running groups, housekeeping, and, you know, whether it's a breezeway or, yeah. you know, the you're welcome and their tablet just came out with a housekeeping function, you know, so that it just tells the system and no employee ever has to kind of touch it. Yeah. So, but um, last thing on that, but, you know, one of the things I think is going to be really cool is we're building, give you a little bit, nobody really, this is the first time I think we've talked about it publicly, so it'd be kind of cool, but she Excuse already uh, is starting to, yeah, she's starting to recognize if you've got problems. So mm-hmm. if you ask about the hot tub, she tells you about the hot tub, if you say the hot tub is broken, um, our lodging providers already are able to provide a couple of tips before they contact maintenance. Mm. So if it's that, you know, 90% of the time it's that the breaker is flipped, then, you know, she'll say, before I contact maintenance, would you mind going out into the garage and, you know, and flipping and checking to make sure the breaker hasn't been flipped. Yeah. And, you know, that saves a lot of calls. Well, yeah. So next year, we're going to start beta testing the Echo Shows, which have a screen. And we've come up with a really cool way where you, as a property manager, your maintenance team can walk, go into a house. You can hit video. You can literally show them the breaker, you know, and show them what it looks like and say, flip this switch. And so as she's saying that, the video can be playing. Mm of you showing them where the linens, the, uh, the extra pillows and the extra towels on, but like, you know, again, just another medium because, and people think we've done this for our property managers and we have, but really it's a better guest experience. Yeah. I don't want to have to call my property. Like they don't want to call you either. That's why I tell my clients, like, trust me, they, they would love nothing more than to just be able to access that information and go about their day. And I think sure. that's, 
So that's how I think we can create more rich content is just by, you know, making it easy to just upload this straight in from your phone, do a quick little video and be done. Yeah, you you and I were just talking about that before the call uh, or before the recording today was, you know, you're talking about, you know, the guest experience focus isn't just to ease the operations. It's really to ease the guest, you know, friction that happens upon uh, booking, checking in, checking out, mid-stay, all that stuff. Uh, And now that you mentioned that, like that whole video process, like, you know how many times I've used that? I'm like, oh, man, like as you're talking, I'm just like thinking of all the scenarios that was like, man, if I could have just you know, easily have, you know, this type of access to, to not have to drive to the property or not to have to, you know, go back and forth with the guests via text or, or email or whatever their method of contact was. Um, super incredible. Like I'm actually like mind blown just kind of thinking about it. So, you know, well done to you guys on yeah. your team. Well, we're getting there. Yeah. We're, um, no, we're excited about it. And, um, and I will say, you know, the one thing I think too, a little bit of an issue we've got as an industry is when we think about these content, right? We think we've got to build all this at once. Yeah. And I think getting people to understand like your content around a home is like a breathing dot. Like, yes. so you start yeah. with the basics 100%. and then as you start to get questions or, you know, recognize that there's common issues, you know, then you swing by that house at some point, you, you do a quick video, you upload it, you, you get that answer and it's amazing. You know, it's back to our 1%, right? About a year later, you'll be amazed at the amount of content you've got on a home. And by the way, the value of that to your homeowners, when you think about keeping them on your program, right? All that has to be recreated by another property manager somewhere. Like I think it makes homeowners a lot stickier, especially if you're good at showing them. Sure. And I think sometimes in our industry, we're not great at beating our chests, right? To yeah. our homeowners, justifying our fees. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great way we can do that. Oh, for sure. I love that. I, I, I really do. As a content creator myself on the podcast side and as a manager, I think that's, that's a phenomenal solution. So, I, you know, you guys are really building something uh, useful, like really useful like on both parties. I think it's just, yeah, no, that's really cool. I never oh. even knew. So oh, good. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, now glad you like it. Yeah. Well, I want to geek out on the podcast really quickly. Um, you know, sure. With you guys on creating the guest X podcast. So what's, what's your thoughts on overall podcasting? Um, kind of tell us maybe why you guys decided to get into it. Um, and, and the overall creation of your guys' show. So, well, yeah. And thank you. And, um, yeah, you, you were nice enough to come on. I think we've done like oh, 25 episodes. Um, you know, watch, you know, Brian and I listened to, a, you know, a number, I think at least five or six, you know, one day we, we were like, we dove into like your podcast. Uh, you know, there's a couple others in, in our industry. Um, John Stokinger's got one, but there aren't a lot, right? And um, just to try to learn, you know, it was really Brian Hamali who is just incredibly passionate. My co-host, he was the one who came up with the idea. He called me out of the blue. He said, look, is this something you'd be willing to do? And I will tell you, I, I probably shouldn't admit that I had never really <laughs> gotten into podcasts. I mean, I, I, you know, I knew the general concept. For sure. um, and uh, so I will tell you, you know, one of the things I've learned, it's really hard. 
Like, it is really hard and really time-consuming. I've told Brian a number of times, like, you didn't tell me, you know, <laughs> the amount of time that you spend, you know, prepping for these shows, you know, and talking yeah. to people and getting them on. And But I also will tell you that, so that's the negative, is I've been really, and, and I hate the sound of my voice. Like, I've learned that, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, God, do I really sound like that? But, um, but, I, uh, but I will say on the positive side, I have probably, it has been an excuse to have conversations with some of the most intelligent, enlightening people. Like, you know, look, every podcast we do, do I walk away and go, oh my God, well, no, but I, but, but on average, it, it, I've been shocked at, at how enjoyable it is, really, and, and how much I feel like I learn. And so, yeah, we're, you know, we, it's very niche for us which is, um, you know, all about guest experience, although we think that that is a very broad category now from booking all the way, you know, from searching for your property and booking to all the way through to almost back to where you're, you know, looking for inspiration again. But still, you know, it is, you know, we're not going to reach a massive audience and we're not really trying to, but I think that, um, I think the, the Brian's thought was, there's a lot of good things happening out there and um, and there's really, and, and it's probably some people have tried some things that didn't work, but there's nobody who's really trying to aggregate that content for people who are looking to promote their guest experience and, and improve it. And, um, and so, um, you know, our thought process was, let's just keep that conversation going. And if we bring on really smart people, um, it'll kind of take on a life of its own and it's starting to, you know, we're, we've uh, we got some conferences that we're going to go to this year and, and kind of, you know, do a podcast or two live from and, and talk to people who are doing some really cool stuff. And um, it's just been a lot of fun. No, for sure. I, everything you said was very relatable. I, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. So no, that's really cool. I think, and podcasting is just so, it's such a great form of, I, I think like creativity, but then also, you know, with the current world, like even before, you know, 2000, um, you know, 20, uh, I started my podcast in 2018 and that was like the most, like, I was just bored. I, you know, I had no idea that it was going to turn into something like this where I'd be talking to people like you and, and many other people in the industry that I've never met. Like I was just having a conversation last night with one of my uh, close friends out in, in Colorado. It was like, I'm about to meet at VRMA, um, some of the people that I've been talking to via email and podcast and LinkedIn and all this other stuff, I've never met in person over the last two and a half years. Like that is the power <laughs> of, uh, you know, a podcast, uh, not even just a podcast, but just the power of like the internet and social media and, and content building. And it's really relationship building. Like the fact that you can talk about people that you've never met in your life, uh, in person, and know like their personal story, know their, you know, like know their husband or wife's name and their kids and their, you know, whatever their daily life is like, it's, it's crazy. It's It's crazy. And then on the top of that, like you can now have a deep intentional conversation, whether it's, you know, top 10 ways to grow your vacation rental inventory, whether it's learning more of like founder stories and journeys and going like through people's personal experiences with, you know, failure and success and, you know, struggles and, and high moments. Uh, it's just, it's really, I don't know. I just, there's no way I can describe it other than it's just, it's liberating. It's exciting. Um, it's, 
it's really refreshing in a lot of ways. And so like, yeah, you, you made a good point. You don't, you don't walk away from every episode like, Oh my gosh, I'm a new man. Um, but there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of them where there's tidbits. So you could just be like, you know, that 15, 30 seconds really put a new perspective on me and how can I implement that today? Um, or how can I continue to keep well, that in the front of, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, you, you know, you said something, but, you know, I think importantly to, and, and about your podcast in general, one thing I want to say before we, before we wrap up is, you know, it, two things. One is, you know, you, you know, I may not, or you may not. Right. But you never know who did, right. Like there was that one thing. And I think as entrepreneurs and why I think what you're doing is such a great spin on this is, you know, and I, I can't remember who I was telling the other day, People don't realize like entrepreneurship can be a really at times a very lonely place. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't know who sometimes it's because you can't talk to people because you feel like, you know, like people are gonna steal my ideas, right? And we, we tend to be a little uh <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, we're yeah. we're a little yeah, there's you know, there's always no, no, something yeah. in the shadows looking. Yeah. But but um but sometimes rightfully so. But also, you know, it, there, there's dark nights, right? Of like sitting there and, um, you know, I found as an entrepreneur, it's, it's not usually, I can put in more time. Like if it's operational difficulties, like, and it just means I got to bear down for a six month period, a year, like I can do that. It's when I run into the problems of like no amount of just hard work, like it can push it across. Like I have to solve it. Like I got to think of a way to solve a problem. And you can get into some dark places. And I think, you know, what this podcast does is it allows people who are maybe going through that to listen to some of these founders and go, okay, like what, how I'm feeling, like, isn't unique. Like other people have felt it's okay. You know, they have these same self doubts and look at what they built. For sure. Right. And uh, I just don't think you can, we can uh, overstate the importance of not of that feeling of then realizing I'm not alone, mm-hmm. even though I may be doing this alone, I'm not alone. And I think those are two very different things entrepreneurs need to understand is you may be doing it by yourself, but you're not by yourself. Yeah. And that's these podcasts like you're doing is, is awesome. Well, I appreciate that. It's a, it's, and I'm, I'm, I think you can relate to this too. Even having a team, you know, like I've finally brought on, um, we've, we've brought on one full-time employee, uh, officially. And it's just been like, even having, you know, her and my business partner and then everyone that we collaborate with, uh, whether it's in destination for uh, our, our management company or if it's for the podcast, um, you know, even with people by your side, sometimes it can still feel very lonely because at the end of the day, um, there's a different type of responsibility on you, as the founder than there is on, you know, anybody else, whether it's your destination partners or um, anybody like, I I don't know. There's just a different type of feeling that comes with that. And it's, it's incredibly uh, isolating sometimes. I was just telling a friend last night, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm so excited for October to, to come because the amount of travel and conferences and all this other stuff happening is so exciting because sometimes like in the past month, I guess I've been feeling very isolated, like very, not intentionally, not like I'm like hiding away at home, but you know, it's go, go to the office, work, come home, eat, work and, and go to sleep and, and redo the whole, the whole thing over again. So, 
Um, you know, sometimes there are those moments, like you said, you feel very isolated, you feel very alone. You know, you're not like you, you're, you're still working, you're still collaborating with others, you're still doing stuff. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, it's just a different type of feeling. So it's, it's good to know it is. Yeah, that others are, are going through the same thing, even though you know it already, like internally, when you're going through, you're like, oh, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. But then to hear it or to see it or to experience it somewhere else, uh, just kind of adds that little bit of comfort. So I totally, uh, totally know what you're talking no about. No question. Yeah. Well, Matthew, I, I love giving every guest an opportunity to give a shameless shout out or a shameless plug, whatever you want to call it. Um, for anyone who's listened to the episode today, where's the best place that they can find you? They can learn more about you as a person or um, about Explory or about you guys' podcast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, well, thank you for that. So, you know, um, from Explory standpoint, uh, well, you can always, you know, email me. Uh, email is probably the best way. It's uh, mloney, uh, that's M-L-O-N-E-Y at explory.com. Com, that's x p l o r i e dot com. Um, you can also, if you want to, if you want to just talk to our team, um, hello at explory dot com uh, works, and um, you know we we'd love to chat with you. We're we're currently um, just in the U.S., um, but we are you know we're starting to expand some of our markets. We'll we'll be uh, up in New Jersey next summer, so you know, probably add another 10 markets this year. And then, um, you know, we're looking at some point in 2022, a little bit of some international expansion, um, probably first going to start with more English speaking um, countries, but uh, so really no, no areas off the table. And and really, if you just want to learn more about what we do, we, we would uh, love to talk to you. And then for the guest X podcast, I mean, you can, um, you can listen to it on, you know, um, Apple and of course Anchor. Uh, but the, probably the easiest way is just go to uh, guest the letter X podcast.com. G U E S T the letter X podcast.com. And got a bunch of past shows. Uh, you know, of course you were on Will. We've, I mean, we've had Simon Lehman. We actually, I think uh, maybe tomorrow, Universal. Uh, resort, uh, or Universal Resort, Orlando Resort uh, is going to be on. So it's not just, you know, we're trying to bring on some of the activities and find out how they look at guest experience. I mean, Universal, yeah. you know, they're, they're up there as one of the, lead, you know, when you, when you think about guest experience, I'm not sure anybody's doing it better right yeah. now than Universal. And so uh, fascinating to hear those guys talk. And, uh, and so, yeah, all the past episodes there, there, and uh, we'd love some feedback too, because like we said, we're not like you. How many episodes do you have under your belt now, Will? Uh, about with, with this show, approximately how many? With this podcast specifically, not including our other ones, uh, we're over two hundred episodes right now. So, yeah. <laughs> so okay, so we're at twenty five. So when ours doesn't sound like Will's, and it doesn't <laughs> sound, but but just uh, close your eyes and imagine it's 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 all. Uh, it's all packaged nicely like Will's is, but I think the content's really good, mainly because we just, we've just uh, we been lucky enough to have great guests like you on, but um, sure. it's been a lot of fun. Well, that's what I always tell other people is like, you know, the, 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 the audio isn't the biggest thing that makes a podcast good. It's the content inside. It's the conversation. It's the way you guys, you know, the, you know becoming a good interviewer, which you and Brian were like it was, it felt very natural to be on your guys' show. Just like the the well, good. smoothness of the flow, the the conversation, the content inside, um, the intention of the conversation was just really nice. And so, 
you know, that right there makes a really good podcast. That's why I tell people is like, the only reason why people are listening is because they care what you're saying. They don't care how it sounds exactly. Like obviously audio is important, but it's not the number one key. Like you just got to have good content. And I think that's what you guys are doing. So it's really great. I'm, I'm excited to be a guest. Uh, it was an honor to be on. So of course we'll plug the show. We'll plug the episode. Um, Matthew, I just want to say thank you so much for, for being on slick talk today. Uh, again, been watching you from afar before even being on your guys' podcast and seeing Explorey pop up, and uh, it's just been really cool to see the journey. So I'm excited to uh, get this episode out to the radio waves or the airwaves or whatever you call it. Um, and for all the slick talkers out there, just make sure that you check out all the links in the show notes because this is something you don't want to miss out. If you're about a guest experience, if you're about hospitality, then Explorey is where you need to check it out and go listen to their podcast as well. Uh, So, Matthew, thank you so much again, my friend, and we'll talk again very soon. Awesome. Great. Thanks for having me, Will. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks, but if you have a little quiet get together that kind of gets out of hand like this, then NoiseAware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you and your property, and of course, your profits, are protected. So use my code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off of all noise monitoring devices and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now thank you for checking out Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Get back to the episode. Don't forget to check out Noise Aware while you're listening. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.